0: Um, What we're going to do is just teach for a little bit and then end with some time to just do some workshop, to kind of think about uh, Sabbath or rest night for yourselves, rest day, 24-hour period. We'll get into it in a bit. Teach, and then we'll go there, and we'll hand out a couple of worksheets that will help you. So we might move along at a bit of a pace, and uh, I hope that's okay. We can send you all the kinds of notes. But we want to get you excited and amped, but first you obviously have to understand, if you've never done this before, who of you have ever tried to have kind of a rest, a 24-hour period of rest or Sabbath? Okay, about half the room. Who of you do this consistently on a weekly basis, most weekly basis? Okay, about two people in this room or three people. So we've got a lot of room to learn from this. Um, I can honestly say, and ask can correct me if I'm wrong, this is probably the habit that over the four, last four years has helped our walk with Jesus more than any other habit, spiritual habit there is. Is that, is that fair in terms of staying consistent, near God, and connected? Would you agree absolutely okay that 's agree all right um, let 's go for it uh, very quickly. over these weeks we 're looking at having a rule of life. Uh, rule means trellis. A rule of life is a practical plan that you have in place to put God Jesus above all and others before yourself. so the habits that you 're going to practice. Um, everyone has a rule of life. Even if you haven't written something down, you organically do certain things. That's your rule of life. Your rule of life may just be, I'll do what I want when I want to do it, or I'll do what's demanded, or I'll do what anyone asks of me. But you can have one that's more intentional, that's more planned, that's more scheduled, and kind of go, these are the things that I'm going to do. This is my commitment because I want to grow. I want to put Jesus above all, and I want to put others before me, and I want to do things that are going to shape me. And so, it's, it's like having trellises for a grapevine to grow. Uh, the rule of life is not the point, it's the support to help you bear spiritual fruit. And the fruit is the point um, of it. There's examples of this in both the Old and the New Testament, um, I think. Uh, when Daniel was caught praying and thrown into the lion's den, those who were trying to get Daniel caught knew that he would be praying at a certain time. Uh, because he had prayer as part of his daily rule of life, and so they made this rule that got da- Daniel caught in the act of prayer. Or uh, in the New Testament, when or David speaks in the Old Testament of praying morning, noon, and night. Um, Jesus teaches a prayer that seems appropriate uh, in the morning. David Koo Co- Co is not here this morning. I don't think I haven't seen him. Has written a great version of the Lord's Prayer for evening. So and it's beautiful and it's just so amazing. Kind of taking all the Lord, uh, give us today our daily bread. At the for the end of the day of Lord, thank you that today you have given us our daily bread. Um, this beautiful prayer of thanksgiving and gratitude that David's written. You should get your hands on it. Um, Cornelius in the New Testament saw a vision, but it said he saw a vision in the morning prayer. Uh, at this kind of ninth hour is when Cornelius would pray. Isn't it interesting that God met him? Uh, at a scheduled time that he had to pray. A bit of a surprise. He was going to pray regardless, but at 9 o'clock when he usually prays, God met him in an unusual way, and he saw an incredible vision. Um, Jesus kept the normal Passover, which was kind of part of his annual rule of life, these habits that kind of, uh, these rhythms and habits that help us to grow. And so, again, uh, all of this is about committing to a plan that can help you put Jesus above all and others before yourself. Alright, so the, the habit we're looking at this morning, as I've told you, is Sabbath, and it's a bit of a rebel celebration, because you have to resist the culture to enter it, even though it's really awesome and fun. NASA and I have taken four years to get it right, and we're still developing it probably every week. The first two years, it was not very fun or enjoyable, and it was very hard to kind of transition from our usual schedule to this. It didn't feel natural. Four years later... It's probably, I think, everyone in the family's favorite twenty-four hours. It's a lot more fun and enjoyable, uh, but we're still working on it. So the the point there is, if you find it difficult at first, it's okay. Uh, Any habit is difficult at first. Uh, If if you've tried to exercise or diet or learn a language, it's not always easy to begin with. Um, Difficult doesn't make it wrong, and so you're just going to have to push through. So, what is Sabbath? Firstly. Pardon? Okay, I will do that. I've actually got notes to do that very thing. Um, So, in her book, Adele Calhoun uh, describes it like this. She says, Sabbath is God's gift of repetitive and regular rest. It is given for our delight and communion with God. It is a time for being in the midst of a life of doing, which particularly characterizes Sabbath. And so uh, Sabbath, the idea of Sabbath began right at the beginning of creation. For six days God created, and at the end of every day, everything He created, He said, that's good. You remember that in Genesis? He, every day, that's good. Then He makes man, He goes, oh, that's very good. So, yeah, and good is this wonderful statement of God of all creation. Then He makes the seventh day, and He, he blesses it. He blesses this day. And He says that He, kind of, he, he makes it for Himself. Um, it's a day that's sacred, that's a day that's called blessed and holy, it's, it's uh, separated unto God Himself. And then man's first day of creation, humanity's first day, man and, and woman, they wake up for the first full day, and, and guess what? It's the seventh day, there's no work. So the first thing humanity does for a whole day is they spend unhurried time with God. They don't do anything that they were told that was part of their job description, they just hang with God in this beautiful creation, in the very uh, center of His presence. Um, And to me, that's like a way for humanity to say, back to God, you're good. You know, He's been speaking for six days, and now humanity gets to go, yeah, but you know why everything else is good? It's because you're good. And um, it's this wonderful 24-hour period. So Sabbath means to stop for one 24-hour period in a week, to delight in God's unhurried presence and celebrate life. Just romantically, doesn't that sound great? To, to rest in God's unhurried presence and celebrate life? Most of us in this room could enjoy that. Um, when we don't know how to stop our doing, it's a sign that we're probably not trusting God with our being. Stopping is hard, and the only reason we can do it in this crazy culture is because we trust God more. Why do we need to practice the Sabbath? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but I'm just going to say four. Uh, Sabbath is is a necessary and gracious rebellion. Reason number one, it gives us freedom from slavery. Remember when God uh, rescued the Israelites from Pharaoh, from Egypt, where they had to work? and, And remember, Pharaoh kept making their work harder and harder, do more, do more, do more. And everyone in this room, you live in a culture of do more. Now, it may not just be more work. It may be do more hobbies, do more activities, uh, do more date nights, do more work, do more uh, exercise. It's just do more, do more, do more, do more. Uh, God rescues us from a do-more culture and frees us. And and what He does with the Israelites is He he reinstalls the Sabbath. He gives them back the time to kind of say, the God who now rules over you is not trying to squeeze you for everything you're worth. He's not a God of carpe diem, let's seize the day, let's squeeze from you everything you got. He's a God of freedom and a God of joy and a God of unhurried presence and a God who wants you to just pause, and, and so God supplied their food miraculously, except for one day He wouldn't supply their food, so that they couldn't, they couldn't even go fetch their food. They had a double portion from the day before, so that they could just rest, and so we need freedom from our cultural slavery of doing and busyness. Secondly, we need healing from our worldly weights. Remember that God blessed the Sabbath day, and He made it good. Part of its goodness is this uh, sabbath day's ability to heal it has healing qualities that in our rest in god's unhurried presence and in our celebration of life our souls begin to heal from the hurry from the anxiety from the worries from the drivenness from the ambitions that we we live with like kind of as a normal pace of life and we think is usual but in this rest our souls begin to heal again in god's unhurried presence and uh, all those things that we've unknowingly accumulated, the stresses, we can kind of uh, get detached. I find in our rest night, it doesn't all happen through that one song, but it might happen. Yesterday, we were on the beach celebrating someone's birthday, and again, there was this like, oh no, I've got to get home. I've got these things I need to do, and um, we've got to prepare two sermons for today and just make sure we're ready to go. And it's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're still in 24 hours. Take that worry off, just put it to the side. And then I was right there, back again, at a spike ball match for the ages, <laughs> present once more, <sighs> resting. I can wait till 5 o'clock to get back to that work. Um, thirdly, a right perspective of ourselves. Sabbath helps me to see how small I am and how big God is. It helps me to see that I don't run the world. Is it Beyonce that, that's saying that who runs the world? Girl. We r- Girls, yeah. <laughs> we girls or boys neither one runs the world no one runs only God runs the world but we need to remember how small we are and one of the scary things but good things about Sabbath is you put off technology you st- you stay away from commitments you rest in God's unharried presence you feast you enjoy fellowship with other people and then you come back from 24 hours and you realize the world did not miss you the world was totally fine without you it's terrifyingly good for our, imi- for our self-image, but we have to see ourselves rightly because it reminds us God's in control. God's running the world. God is sovereign, not me, so I can detach. Fourthly, to trust in Jesus. The- it's the only 24-hour period that the world was ever without Jesus's presence. It was the 24 hours that Jesus lay dead in the grave. Um, and I- I- interestingly, this is Uh, Kind of like a memory for us that Sabbath that we can celebrate, we can stop, we can rest because we don't have to kill ourselves. Jesus died for us so that we could rest in Him. And it's an opportunity for that, for us to trust Jesus. So, Sabbath has these three, at least three wonderful gospel aspects, gospel practices, it reminds us, number one, that the world doesn't hang on what we accomplish, as Sam said about worship. The world doesn't hang on what we accomplish, but rather on what God has accomplished for us. It uh, reminds us that our eternal future doesn't depend on our own achievements, but on the work that Jesus has already finished. And it reminds us that we are not slaves to work, but freed to rest in God's presence and join god in his work as well so we don't sabbath for seven days a week it's just one uh but even when we go back to work we go back to work with god and join him in what he's doing in this world um and so the question is then if sabbath is so good and and quite simple and so good for us what are the challenges or hurdles or possible ones to sabbath Nas, yes, tell us <laughs>
1: There's so many. (laughs) So Mark and I came up with a few that we um, have identified for ourselves. And I'm sure even from the moment Mark mentioned the Sabbath, you already came up with your own challenges. One was just the word or um, a myriad of other things that you're like, you don't know my life. So here's a few and you can add your own. So busyness. Things like I don't have time to rest. You don't know my workload or my kids will miss out on life. Laziness. It's too much effort to create a Sabbath. I'll just rest on my weekend off or when we go away. When my kids are older, because, you know, when they're little, they're very loud, um, or my kids are too old to start a new habit, Um, our dependence or trust, we fear we're going to miss out on all of life. We question God's hand over our workload, or God's ancient wisdom does not apply to the modern world. We are entertained. Sabbath sounds boring. Or our capacity, I don't need rest, I'm good. Or I can't change anything in my life right now, I'm just too busy. We have commitments, what about birthday parties and dinner parties and kids sport activities and other social clubs? Or productivity, it's not efficient to stop or slow down. Accessibility, I need to stay connected to my work email. My phone needs to be on in case someone important tries to reach me. What if there's an emergency? I put my phone off this week, and my kids have seen us do it a myriad of times. But for whatever reason, Ella, who's 12, said to me, Mom, what if somebody needs you? And I was like, it's fine. I'm not going to miss out on anything. No, what about your mom? What if your mom needs you right now? And I was like, baby, I'm sure my mom will be fine for 24 hours. Power. We like being in control over our own schedule when I want to work and when I want to rest. We have an inclination to not be like God, but to be God of our own lives. Worker. Who am I if I'm not working or achieving something? Will my career be stalled if I, am, if I slow down or I need the money? Approval. What if people think I'm lazy? What if people think I'm too religious? What if I can't do the Sabbath right? <laughs> this was mine. What if people disapprove of what I'm doing? What if my kids don't like it? What if my non-Christian friends think I'm odd or irrelevant? Importance. If no one needs me, when I'm, then I'm no one. And if things fall apart without me? Personality. I like work. I don't like to sit still. I have a good balance in my life. I don't need to take a Sabbath. I don't like to cook. I like being by myself or a self-righteous view. I want to do more for God in this life. What about those who do not know Jesus? And Satan doesn't take a break. (laughs) I read read that one in a book, and the guy's reply was, I'm pretty sure Satan loses in the end. So I like that one. That was a great response. (laughs) The underlying issue with all of these challenges is basically we don't trust God. And I can say that from personal view. We just don't. We, we, all of these challenges and other ones that you're having all point to us trying to solve our own life's problems rather than trusting that something that God has put into our life, he already knows each and every one of us and what we need most. Um, so there's going to be a, um, a f- slide um, above my head. And basically it's going to give you a list of things. And I want you to take a minute. I'm going to read them. And then you're going to take a minute and just identify, you can't really, oh you can, Um, and just see where you sit. It is not a judgment, it's an opportunity to just recognize where you're at. We don't often see the splinters or the logs in our own eyes. Sometimes we need to actually read and then it identifies with us. So just see where you are um, as we go through. All right, so sacred freedom or secular freedom. Um, It either can be a new life in Jesus or a slavery to self. So, we ca- are we content, or are we discontent? Trust God, or are we striving? Are we unhurried, or are we busy? Are we a contributor, or are we accumulator? Do we enjoy others, or are we envied of others? Are we engaged in life, or are we distracted? Do we live with peace, or do we live with worry and anxiety? Are we obedient, or are we are negotiator? So take a moment, just by yourself, and just you can reread them, um, and just see where you sit. We find that we are at rest when we accept the life that God has given us. He's given each and every one of us a unique and. Um, individual life, and if we're constantly living trying to have somebody else's life, um, then we're not fully at rest with who God has for us. Sabbath is not just this one 24 hours. It is, but it's also a lifestyle of accepting God's plan for our life. Um, it's also not striving for—now here's, here's a fun list. We Ready? Not striving for the next thing, the next adventure, the next promotion, the next clothing item— the next invitation, next spiritual experience, next acknowledgement or applause, next new friend, next home, next investment, next decorative item, next new car, next stamp in the passport, next food experience, next relationship, next church experience, next social event, next date night, next child accomplishment, next project completed, next holiday, next job, next hobby, next. And I'm sure you could add a few (laughs) others to that list as well. Um, I'm going to give you uh, my vulnerable journey with Sabbath. I'd like to say that I was the best teammate ever when it came to jumping on board. When Mark first presented this um, four years ago, I was reluctant, um, to say the least. I, all I saw was hurdles and challenges. All I saw was ways I could fail. He, if you know my husband, he's a dreamer. And he came up with this beautiful thing, and he was, like, super excited, and eyes were glowing, and he was like, this is what it's going to be like, when we're going to have 24 hours, we're going to do nothing, and we're just going to, like, eat lots of food, and no one's going to be busy, and all I could see was, like, who's going to make the food? Who's going to clean the dishes? Who's going to—I don't understand. How are we—do you know we've got four kids? Do you know there's a piece the people around us? What are you supposed to do with all the people? I don't know. Like, I literally was not. and I'm trying, and he— I sucked the life out of him, to be honest. Um, But then he looked at me and he was very gracious and he said, can you please do me a favor and can you just go and read about the Sabbath? And I was like, "Right now I've got homework. This is awesome. So I went and I started reading. And to be honest, I was not encouraged by what I read at first, because I still didn't understand who was actually gonna be doing all of this stuff. It still just looked like a lot of work that I didn't understand how to do it. Um, And I just saw failure after failure. And then I pro- stopped and I prayed. Probably should have started there, but I didn't. It took a while. So I stopped and I prayed. I was like, God, if this is something that you've got for us, if it's something beautiful, then you're going to have to show me how to do it. And he did. Huh. Amazing. He answered my prayer. And he did it in a very gracious way. He showed me a dream. And I just remember sitting there thinking, what if? What if in 30 years' time... My friends, my community, my, my, my kids, and if they've got their own kids, know that they could come to our home. And I had a really cool home in my mind. Um, they could come to my home. I'm not striving. It's just there. <laughs> they could come to this really awesome house. And they knew that that night Mark and I would be having a rest night. And they just like, hey, we're coming. We're joining. And I'd open up my house. And whether it's my kids and the, my grandkids or my friends, and we cook together, and we light a candle to start rest, and we listen to a song, and we eat lots and lots of food, and we either go to bed with the sun, and we put out mattresses on the floor, and everyone's piled up everywhere, or we talk for a really long time about the goodness and all the things that God has done in our week, and then we go to sleep, And we wake up in the morning, and I wake up to the smell and the giggles of my friends or my family and my grandkids cooking food for me and breakfast in the morning. And I go through, and and I get to eat, and we get to feast together again. Then we get to go for a walk, and we get to experience all the beauty that God has got around us, and we get to be still in nature somewhere. And then we get to come home, and we get to have naps, and I get to read books to to my kids or my grandkids, and we get to just share stories, and um, we just get to enjoy all that God is doing in all of that. Um, We get to celebrate, get to have communion together. Maybe Mark and I get to bless personally each person that is there, Um, and it's just this beautiful part that we get to enjoy and celebrate, And I was overwhelmed. I was like, wow, okay, that could be really special. That could be awesome. Forget, like, Sunday roast at mom's house. Like, that just sounds phenomenal that I get to be a part of it. But to start the new habit, even though I was excited about this dream, to start it actually was really intimidating. I still, I mean, Mark said the first two years were awful, like it was really hard. We had we quit Sabbath a few times, like in the midst of having it. Like literally, the food's on the table, and we're like, we're done. Everyone go to bed. This is not working. Um, we had messed like there was wine. Wine got knocked over by a child, and food got spoiled sometimes. And sometimes the kids are just too noisy, and I just didn't want them to be noisy. Um, but then there was times where you. Sat around and you just enjoyed, and you could listen to a song. And you could have, we've had friends over, and we've played games, and we've enjoyed, we've actually enjoyed rest. I can actually physically feel like my soul changing. And I, I, when I started to think, um, on whatever day that look, however bad or good this week is, it's coming, I'm gonna have this day. Now, it's not a soul vault, it's not a magic pill. I wish it was, but it is not. But it does help us as a habit to look forward and to remember, like Mark said, that we're resting in God. Um, it's the be still and know that he is God kind of thing. It's just a remembering that, look, you are not that in control, even though you think, think you are. And you're going to mess up. And you're, you're going to mess up even something beautiful and good that God designed. And that's still okay. We're going to trust God in the process. Um, All right, so how do we, that's like my own journey and challenges. That's a little bit of a picture of what it can look like. But how do you actually keep a Sabbath? Um, Sabbaths look like something. They smell like something. They feel like something. They taste like something. They are something. Um, We've done a little bit of stuff here. If you've been in our house at a Sabbath, you know there's lots of food. We light a candle, and we always ask what the kids like. What is a candle? And they talk about the light. That God has brought into the world. We it, there's beautiful symbolism in some of the things that we're doing, and then there's also just there's no symbol that you turn the lights off and you play ninja tag in the house. Like the, it's just pure fun. Um, so it's it, it's being um, God created the world, and so we can enjoy God in His creation. It's all of it. it it's tasting good food. It's smelling something yummy. It's um, it's feeling. It's being with people. Um, We get to use all of our senses. That is the Sabbath. It's not just lying still and be like, shh, don't talk to me for 24 hours. Um, It is a, it's a whole encompassing part of you. Um, Sabbath was made for a man. I love it. Jesus rebuked the religious people because they, if you remember in Mark, they're walking around on the Sabbath and the religious people think they've, like, got Jesus and his disciples. They're like, what? What are you doing on, on the Sabbath? You shouldn't be doing that. And Jesus just goes, Sabbath's made for man, not man for the Sabbath. He just puts it, them in their place. They create all these extra rules that God never intended. And we can do the same thing. We can put rules on each other, rules on ourselves. But just remember, Sabbath was made for us. There's something beautiful in God wanting to give to us. So yes, there's habits. It's it's resting. It's being with God. But just, it's not a bunch of rules. Just, please, I needed that because I created a whole bunch of rules. I'm like, you're not, we're not allowed to do this. <laughs> we're not allowed to clean anything. But then it was just gross, so... It's just silly. Um, uh, So it's a set aside portion of 24 hours. It's not regulation, like a bunch of rules and regulations. It's a gift. It's a beautiful gift that every week you get to unwrap, like it's Christmas every week. It's it's awesome. Um, It can change seasonally. Ours does, depending on literally the season of life that you're in. As our children grow up, I'm sure it's going to change. Um, it's it changes maybe if you're on vacation, you might do it a little bit differently than if it's in your normal week. Um, if it's cold, if it's hot, I mean, it, it literally will look like something. Uh, it's dynamic. It's beautiful. Um, and it is time to remember. God, rem- God talks about um, the Sabbath in Exodus and Deuteronomy. In Exodus, he talks about remember the Sabbath. And in Deuteronomy, he talks about observing it. We have to remember. We're like goldfish. We forget all the time. So you, it's a remembering. It's remembering that we are keeping our whole lives in God's hands. It is a weekly moment to remember that your life is in God's control not your own. And observing it, it's something you do. It's not just this idea that's over there and yeah, we'll get to it sometime. It's actually a doing, it's a being, it's a um it's a submitting to God's plan. Um yeah. Um yeah, so we could do
0: Yeah, great. So, what we're going to do with the time that we have left is uh, hand out some uh, papers. Sorry, can someone come take this from me? My (laughs) right foot's gone dead. I can't move. I'm stuck. (laughs) Uh, uh, Thanks. There's about 30 of those. Just make sure every group has one or two. Um, Joel, have we got them as slides? Can you just go to the next slide? Okay, so developing a Sabbath, this is the first part, and and in our groups, you just just want to look at this. What practices help you connect with God's unhurried presence and celebrate life? That's the first question. Is it sleeping in? Is it taking a nap? Is it uh, a hobby that brings joy? Is it grateful reflection? What, what are the things that you can do that, in, that help you connect with God's unhurried presence? And so you're making the statement, to connect with God's unhurried presence and celebrate life, I'm going to... And then you can write, obviously, you can write a number of things. This list is just some. If some of you are on diets, please have dessert on the Sabbath. It's just so much better. Um, and then, next slide, Joel. The next question is, what practices must you stop to help you connect with God's unharried presence and celebrate life? Obviously, work. Work is not negotiable. You, you, that's a must-do. To-dos. Diet, isolation, plugged in, selfishness, productivity, or whatever. To connect with God's unhurried presence and celebrate life, I'm going to stop. What are the things that you need to do? What are, what are the things you worry about that you just need to stop worrying about for those 24 hours like me yesterday preaching twice this morning was a worry that just sat there and I had to just keep taking it off. I'll get to it at 5 o'clock. I'll, I'll think about it then. <sighs> Thank you, God, that for your presence and He was faithful. Next question. Um... So preparing to enter Sabbath rest, the following needs to be done. So this is a checklist, you can make your own, but what we wanted to do is give you something that you can just get gets you started well. Um, make invitations and decide what you're going to eat and do. Prepare a good playlist to go on in the background. Buy food and feast. Oh, there you go. So just do, kind of like, do these things and you should be well set. Entering and enjoying the feast. Uh, set the table. These are all just practical things and, and we're not going to get to those specifically. The last one, Joel, if you can uh the last two sorry so take all those things that you wrote in the first two questions and then you can you can create a plan for yourself of what it looks like in the evening you can't take a nap too many times so um (laughs) maybe you're going to have a morning nap and an afternoon nap that's okay just put it in just say i'm going to you know so you write down your practices and there's a nap and you say morning tick afternoon tick um uh whatever games and fun Write down the ninja tag in the evening in the morning spike ball on the beach yeah whatever it is that you plan i mean talk with your family and friends the people that you're inviting to sabbath what are the things that we're going to do and when are we going to do some things that you need you just want to read a book by yourself so when is your when when is that alone time to just sit and read a book and just uh reflect on what god's doing in your life have it there and and put it in and then the last one is something that you can sit down with other people, our Sabbath feast, whether it's your family, if, if we're just having a Sabbath with our tribe of six, or whether it's your some other friends and family, that you can sit down together and say, Hey, guys, what are we going to eat? Who's going to be doing the cooking? Where are we going to do this? What time are we meeting? This is important. It's like, what time are we entering rest? We, we need to start at some point um, leaving everything. And so, uh, who's leading... You know, who's going to light the candle and pray? Who's creating a playlist? Who, just a bunch of questions. Those of you who are better at checklists, uh, y- you can create a better list and give it to me, please, because I'd like to use it. Um, but just ask questions to get you going so that you arrive and everyone knows what's happening, what's, what, what fun you're going to have, what games you want to play, what feast you want to eat. You know, it's an opportunity for the kids to put in their, uh, their favorite, oh, can we please eat this or can we please play this or can we please great no problem let's do that um so let's take a few minutes and just the first two the kind of the first two questions think about those answers and and we just want to discuss them in our groups as well is what are the things that actually give you life help you to enter god's unharried presence and what are the things that you need to stop and uh, if you're married i would encourage you afterwards to have a conversation with your spouse if you're not in the same group with them now Um, So that you can help each other because the things that I need to cease are not the same things that Nas needs to cease. So I need to know the things that worry her and concern her or trouble her. She needs to know so we can keep helping each other stay in a place of rest and trusting of God. And what are the things that give you life? Because you're different, and uh, being able to understand that um, is good. And so we can help each other because we're in community. Sabbath should not be done alone very often. Maybe there's occasion to do it alone, but most often it's done in a community. Um, or some community for some of the time.